Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Father. We praise your name and we thank you. I thank you, Father. Especially I'd I'd like to thank you and also give a praise report. Um, Through, you know, when we are called, and and, and again, this isn't the the official start of the prayer vigil. It kind of is, but it isn't. Got to give the praise reports and get some of the important um, wow stuff out first, and then we'll kind of, we'll definitely dig in. Um, Praise God. But first, the wow stuff. So, um, so anyway, uh, try to keep it as brief as possible. So this is how the Lord works sometimes. Well, he works in a whole bunch of different ways, a lot of different ways. But, um, so it's, it's a very long story, but when, when my knee surgery, when, when the, the men, double meniscus tear, which I was mis Somebody told me it was no big deal, but that was their experience. What I didn't know is sometimes it can be a, an awful, terribly big deal, and it can take up to a year to heal. Um, it disabled me for essentially four months. Okay. Now, over that period of four months, I was not especially happy. And so, anyway, long story short, my eating habits were bad, Um I drank wine, which I don't drink any at all now. I have, I'm on a totally zero alcohol thing right now. I'm on a total super-duper extreme health kick. It's not that there's anything wrong with drinking wine. It's just that when you have – when you're 61 and you have certain biological tendencies and uh, diabetes runs in the family. My mom died of diabetes at complications that were extremely severe and horrible at the age of 56. Um, when I had – the event occur post uh, Adalia, the hurricane, where my foot was really swollen. Um, and again, there were a lot of people praying for me. So there's, you know, it could have been a blood clot, but during the entire, I think it was a combination of things, uh, quite frankly, because the, the Lord used it as a wake-up call for me. Okay, because you have to understand there's nothing that I want more, and I hope that you feel the same way. And this is a testimony that should motivate you, because if I can do it, you can do it. All right? At the end of the day, a lot of, and I'm speaking from personal experience, so please don't feel like I'm trying to suggest that you don't have what it takes, because that is not, absolutely, absolutely not the intent of this testimony. The intent of this testimony is to say, you can do it. Okay? If I can do it, you can do it. I'm not going to say it's easy. And your situation is going to be probably very, very different than mine. That's just how it is. Um, So anyway, the major foot swelling event was very similar to the event that occurred with my wife getting uh, sent into the the emergency room uh, under some less than – ideal dynamics. We'll just leave it at that. That jarred me and it was like a frying pan upside of the head by the Lord. And he said, get your act together now. And I went running straight to the Lord. So he he has a way of whacking you upside the head, causing, allowing really wake up call type things to happen to you at different phases of your life to shove you hard hard port, you know, as they would have said, they'd say in the Navy, you know, turn hard port. Well, I've been, as I've mentioned before, and will continue to mention in my testimony as part of my experience, because 
I don't do this because I do the, I, look, I do it because I love the Lord, but at the same time, I do it especially because I care very, very deeply about, you know, the whole thing, tribulation now, everything started because I was like, oh my gosh, I got to warn God's people. I got to warn them. And that was over 12 years ago. And I'd already been studying for about three or four years, deeply studying. I was aware of a lot of it all the way back to 88. But anyway, but I was still backslidden and I still believed in one saved, always saved and all that nonsense. Now, so the Lord used the Idalia event in combination with the swollen ankle and all the events that occurred around the swollen ankle, going to this, uh, essentially it is an emergency room, it's an urgent care center. And then having the doctor say, well, we didn't find a blood clot, praise the Lord, but um, I have to warn you that we did test your blood and you're, you were running a 200, and that, that's not a good sign. From a, And then I thought, oh, my gosh. you know, I didn't mention to the doctor that my mom died of diabetes and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, that was a huge, holy, you know, nothing will scare a person who watched their, I was 17 years old and I watched my mom. She had been sent to, I knew cure, curing of diabetes was possible. There are a lot of people that don't believe that that's true. And I've, I've had my share of Weisenheimers tell me, you can't do it. You know, you're, you're going to have to go on drugs. You're going to have to go on Ozempic. You're going to have to go on Metformin or something like that, whatever it's called. You're going to have to do all these things. You're going to have to start taking shots, all that kind of stuff. You're going to have to go on, you know, you might even have to go on the insulin. Well, my answer to that is bunk, okay? But here's the problem. If you don't have Navy SEAL-like discipline, and we're all supposed to be disciples of Christ, right? Disciple means discipline. They, they two, put the two words together. What do you got? The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, you know, peace, gentleness, kindness, <laughs> long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control, against which there is no law. Galatians 5.22. Well, the self-control thing can really be a bummer because, you know, and again, I call I, this whole program, when I, whenever I talk about my experiences, is what I like to refer to as applied Christianity because it doesn't exist out there. You get a lot, you, I'm telling you, you walk into churchianity and people run up and down the aisles with flags in their hands. and they'll, It's just like the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector except the people in the American church are very pharisaical. You know, they're, they're suffering from what the Bible refers to as presumptuous sin. They do not have a contrite spirit. They do not truly fear God. They just think that God is wonderful, loving, and everything is going to be fine, which, of course, the Lord appreciates that because we are supposed to have the joy of the Lord, and we are supposed to believe in that because it is essentially true. The problem is, once again, they leave off the black or negative battery of the battery terminal, and you've got to have, in order for the current of the Holy Spirit to flow, you've got to have fear of God combined with the red terminal, which is the joy of our salvation, and the two together explode into a proper, hopefully well-balanced Christian experience, you know, kind of like a watchman knee sort of experience, right? So anyway, um, so I got, you know, and, I, and I, as I've said before, I get on my knees, and, and I, I mean it. You know, I, I, I know as a fact that if we pray willy-nilly, you know, if we are not fervent in our prayers, if we do not cry out 
to the Lord emotionally. I've actually had a very well-known pastor and uh, very, very well-known pastor, author, uh, you know, very well-known, tell me on the phone. No, that's not true. You're you there. You, the emotions. No, you no emotions. No emotions. And I, you know, you're supposed to just be happy and joyful. And I'm like, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> where did they? Where did you get that from? It's it's totally unbiblical. So anyway, um, so that's a common belief system out there that is uh, damning to those who do not understand the importance of fervent prayer. It's all over the Bible. Um, uh, and then, of course, you don't even get me going on Luke 18, the parable, the persistent widow, and uh, you know the story of King Hezekiah and, and Second Kings 25. Or if it wasn't, if Hezekiah, after he was told that he was going to die from the Lord, ultimately, um, if he had not bawled, cried, bawled tears rolling down his eyes, gushing tears before God, oh God. You know, the thing is, the Bible doesn't, it's, you're not watching a movie. You have to be able to sense, spiritually, what is actually happening. You've got to be able to see it happening in your heart. Most people can't do that. As a matter of fact, one of the worst places to find any of that is in churchianity. All you're going to see is people jumping around for joy and telling you how wonderful Jesus is. And there's going to be a lot of people that are surprised when they stand before that beam of judgment seat. Now, but I'm not here. There's always very holy people in probably just about every church in accordance with um, Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. There's always exceptions. So it's not about us judging. It's about us sharing our experiences and encouraging one another through the sharing of those experiences. You know, you don't, you don't name names because when that person repents and you've gone out there and flapped your lips in public especially on Facebook or whatever and you've badmouthed another christian because they did something that you feel was wrong and then they go and repent guess who's holding the big bag of labrador and i do mean labrador burning labrador and um and you you don't want to be that person because judge not that ye be judged. Now, there are different dynamics associated with the management of an ecclesia. There are different you know when you read first Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, and 1 Corinthians chapter 5, particularly verse 13, when it says, put such a person away from you. When you study the Barnes notes, the Adam Clark commentary, the Vines expository, when you study those, and they all say exactly the same thing, which is, the church has to govern itself. But you don't humiliate the individual. Uh, there's scriptures in, in, in Galatians that talk about, you know, going in very kindly and lovingly, you know, counseling and coaching that person, but also being careful that you don't slip into sin in the process. So everything is done out of love. But I had somebody tell me, oh, well, anytime that you discuss another person, another Christian's behavior, you are, um, you are, um, what, did, what did they say, uh, gossiping. And I'm like, no. <laughs> If anybody who thinks that the elders of a church don't have to come to some sort of an agreement, the deacon, the, the bishop, whatever, if you want to use biblical terms, uh, there's more more terms in the Bible as well. But the more the most classic of terms are bishop, deacon. I've seen general overseer used uh, in the 21st or 20th century. Uh, that's used by Curry Blake and John G. Lake Ministries. Um, but but the concept of being more of a fellowship than 
Uh, it's, it's just it's it's just that uh, let me just zero in on on first Corinthians 513 so when you use the commentaries and I'm very blessed to have a whole bunch of them because when I bought the PC study Bible back in 1998 when I was dripping in sin imagine that um, I started to, to invest in it in chunks because I was bare, barely getting by and I darn sure wasn't gonna write a check out for 600 bucks and um, and then I find out from somebody who had spent over 3,000 bucks bucks on logo Logos, which is the most expensive Bible study software in the world, he saw what I could do with PC Study Bible, and he said, oh, my gosh, did I get ripped off. And I'm very blessed to have made that investment because even today with Windows 11, it is still operating beautifully and locally. I don't need any Internet access to use it, and the, the capabilities are astonishing. But anyway, that's a blessing to me because whenever somebody says something to me like, well, that means this or that means that or you're not reading it right, then I, I have enough – I have the computing power of you know NASA <clears throat> or the NSA or Pine Gap or whatever sitting on my computer right here. You know, and, and I'm not joking. I have a lot of power on this box. I spared no expense for this. I don't, when it comes to the Lord, I don't go cheap. Sort of like that, uh, you know, the story about Mary and all that, you know, with the, you know, the um, scented oil and, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, you should, uh, you know, you shouldn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, we shouldn't do that. Lord, we should sell that expensive and, and go out and, uh, you know, bless somebody with it, somebody that's poorer. And Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold off. She is glorifying God here. You know, essentially, that's what he was trying to say. And um, so there's a different set of rules. In that case, right? So whenever I do stuff for the Lord, I, it's a spare no expense dynamic, especially in, in, in all aspects of my life. I work for the purpose. I go through the stuff that I do in my job. Look, look, if I wanted to just walk away and you could say, well, it's because you're used to being in that house and you just want to have all your toys and goodies and gadgets. Well, I do, I do like technology. I'm a geek. But all that being aside, and I am a nester and I decorate and, you know, I'm – it's this house is very ornate, but I've been here for 23 years, and I've been nesting. It's just an, it's just how I am. It's just one of my attributes. Now, all that being said, it's, it's really neither here nor there. But my point is that essentially, I, I if I wanted to, I, I have here sitting on my a check an offer for four hundred thousand dollars for my house, cash, plain and seen. All I have to do is call them up, four hundred thousand dollars. Don't give me four hundred thousand dollars. I don't have to do a thing, and I can walk away, pay off what I have left, pay off my home equity line, be completely debt-free, and have enough left over to buy another house cash if I want. Or I could get rid of everything, move in with my sister, uh, sew the t my tongue to my lower lip so that I don't have any conversations about the Bible with her. <laughs> I love her, but we definitely disagree on like everything. But anyway um, – and I just, you know, I, the Bible admonishes you to respect your elders, and technically she is my elder by 20 years, even though she doesn't understand very much. She thinks she's an expert on it, but that's okay. i I got to learn to just bite my tongue. You'd think I would have learned by now, but uh, there's just something, something she says. I think we all go through that, where somebody says something and you're just like, oh, oh that is so incredibly wrong. But anyway... And you try very kindly and nicely and lovingly to say something, but when somebody is convinced that they have been given some sort of gift of authoritative understanding, they'll snap at you. No, they'll stick an ice pick in your eye. You better watch out. 
the loving kindness that we're told to have just vanishes. <laughs> and then you're standing there with, you know, your eyes bugging out. Anyway, praise God, we've all been in that situation probably at least a hundred times each. <laughs> right? But anyway, um, so that's why I oftentimes refer to these programs as experience, or I'm sorry, as, uh, what do I call it? I, I'm, I'm forgetting the nickname that I used to say, but, uh, oh yeah, applied Christianity. What is it? What will you never hear your pastor say? What will you never hear anybody say in the church while they're there in the church under full decorum? Right. What you will never hear them say are the things that I say. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I've been rebuked for that. I've had people that believe that their understanding of things is so holy and unimpeachable that they'll rebuke me. And they'll say, wow, you don't want to talk about that because the devil's going to hear you and it's going to, you're going to open up portals and they're going to attack you and all that. Kind of. I'm like, excuse me, isn't every show like that? Haven't I been doing it for 12 years? I mean, if a helicopter was going to land in my front yard or a couple of black SUVs are going to pull in, don't you think they've been here already with all the stuff that's going on with Jan 6? God's got this. Where is our faith? I, I will never forget when God told me, do you know who I am? What a rebuke. For years I was on my knees praying and tear-filled eyes praying for, you know, I used to sit on the floor of my bedroom. No kidding. I'm not joking you. I'd sit on the floor of my bedroom Indian style, and I would go through 400 names one by one. It took me two and a half hours and pray for every one of them. And the Lord said to me, do you even know who I am? And I felt a chill go down my spine. We all need to come to that place. If you're not there yet, then you're going to have fear. You shouldn't have fear of anything. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So, um, what is that? Second Timothy 7.1? There's all kinds of little gems woven into Timothy, the books of Timothy, but for the most part, it's all about how do you run the church? Titus 2, you got to run, you got to, you got to merge first and second Timothy. This is at a minimum, okay? But really, it should be full gospel. But the problem is, it can't be full gospel chopped into pieces so you can find excuses to sin, which is exactly what dispensationalism is. Dispensationalism is when they chop it up and they say, oh, that was before Jesus died on the cross. Don't you understand? After he died on the cross, everything changed. No, it didn't. Go back to Luke 10:19, when Jesus sent the 70 sinners out two by two, and they came back and go, oh my gosh, the demons, even the demons respond to your name. Behold, I give you, uh, you know, authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and Dr. Fauci and Gates and uh, Klaus Schwab and all these evil entities and principality powers and thrones. Okay, you have to understand these things, but people don't make the connection. And then they love to chop the Bible. Let me look at the context. I got to find a reason why this can't be true for me. And that's exactly what they do. So anyway, back to the testimony. So the Lord whacked me upside the head, big old swollen leg. Doctor comes in and says, 200 blood sugar, that's not a good thing. You better get that checked out kind of thing. Well, I knew. So blood clot aside... You know, they did the full sonogram, the full workup, that whole deal, which was necessary because I could have easily had both. And um, even the doctor admitted that that was 
you know, that's why he's doing all this, the whole workup. So anyway, that was my another major, because I was praying. I was saying, Father, which you all ought to be by that. Look, we're running out of time, folks. Now, I know you're going to say, well, Johnny, you said we were running out of time, blah, 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 blah. And if we're still here a couple of years from now, you're going to be plucking your spleen out with a shrimp fork just like I am. And, and, and you know what? We're all in this together. This is applied Christianity. This is where we talk about the things that we would never talk about in a church. You know, why? you know why? Because they'll all be trying to sneakily lay hands on you to cast out the devils because they don't get it, and they probably never will. Got to let them go and pray for them. Let, let the power of the Lord Jesus Christ come upon them when God wills. A lot of people are going to be cast into the Great Tribulation just simply because they have a prideful spirit and they honestly believe that they have arrived. And that's kind of sad. But we need to be praying for them because there's opportunities for God to shake things up a little bit where they humble up. You know, and maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. And we'll see where it all falls. We don't know. We don't know, but we shouldn't be, you know, they're not part of our ecclesia. They're not part of our church. We're not managing a church building and the people that are in it. Basically, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13, all the commentaries agree 100% that that means where it says, put such, person, put such a one out or, or away from you. Because Paul was addressing a specific ecclesia, a gathering in a, you know, that, you know, that specific ecclesia, you could call it a church building, but they didn't start making church buildings until 300 AD. So it wasn't a building, it was a gathering. But nevertheless, Paul, that's a, now granted, Paul was a little harsh, harsh on them, and he felt bad about it in the second, in the, in the second letter. And he said so. But, um, but they needed, you know, they needed a little bit of a tongue lashing. They really did. They they, they were making big mistakes. And in First Corinthians five thirteen, it, it, it that's a key verse. And all the commentaries agree that that means beyond any shadow of a doubt, it is the responsibility of the church to identify people who are unwilling to be obedient to the mandates laid out by the apostles in the gospels, and because they're commissioned by Jesus to do what they were doing. And um, Jesus himself. So if there's, you know, if somebody's got pink, purple, polka dotted hair and they're a drag queen or something sitting in the front of the church, you need to go and pull them aside. You can't be this anymore. This is a sin against the Lord. You don't, you, but you don't, even though Paul did mention that you could call it out in front of the church to make an example of them so everyone in the church would fear, okay? It's that advice by Paul, admittedly, is a slight, quite a bit in conflict with some of the uh, recommendations that he made. Paul did discern. He did make statements pretty frequently where he would say, this is not a commandment. But I recommend, you know, especially when he was talking about, he was saying, look, hey, you know, uh, it, you know, you, I recommend that you, you know, however God finds you, however Jesus finds you, uh, when, when you just, you know, when you come together with Jesus and you give your life to him. Whatever state you're in, as far as marriage is concerned, stay that way. There's the whole story of the eunuch, the concept of being non-sexual, um, non-sexual men, having absolutely no interest whatsoever at all, at all. That's a pretty powerful message. Yet what do we have happening rampantly out there? Hey, look, I, I get it. 
I'm a been there, done that kind of guy. Nobody has sinned as much as I have. I mean, except maybe Paul. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, so I got the pan upside the head. It was a wake-up call because I was saying to the, um, our father, begging him, begging him. Look, you know, you can use the word beseech. Oh, you don't beg God. You know what? It's because you don't understand what the word beseech means. That's the problem. We have lots of biblical terms that almost 99.9% of people who call Jesus Lord do not understand what they mean. They do not understand what contrite means. They do not understand what fervent means. They do not understand these things. They don't understand the power of prayer. They don't understand why they ought to trust God. They don't understand that speaking in tongues bypasses the demons in the the, uh, spiritual realm and stops them where they can stop your prayers. They don't know that. They might have the gift of speaking in tongues, but they really don't probably do it all that much because they don't understand the power of it. But I experienced it. Doesn't make me special. <laughs> you know, if if first Corinthians uh chapter three verse verses <laughs> fourteen, fifteen, sixteen and et cetera and seventeen, whatever, where it says your your works will be tested by fire of what sort they are <laughs> you know and you know if you know if they result in positive a positive outcome on behalf of the kingdom, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, uh, you'll receive a reward. But if they don't result in a positive outcome on behalf of the kingdom, you will receive a loss. <laughs> right now, I'm just hoping to get one of those Thomas Kincaid you know, country, country homes. <laughs> but if I get more, how cool. And that's what I'm going to shoot for. I'm going to try to be all that I can be, right? Amen? I think we all ought to be. And don't give up. Be determined. Get mad. Look, if this 61-year-old, 120-pound overweight, well, I'm not that far overweight anymore, um, post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, I was all the way down to uh, 47 waves, uh, 200, I think it was 65 pounds. But that was down from a size 56 waist, 365 pounds. So that was a dramatic drop. However, pandemic-wise, and then the knee surgery, and being pinned down and stuck in my house in a state of depression and feeling sorry for myself for four week, four months, you know, wondering, oh, and then complications associated with my surgery, and then finding out it can take up to six months to a year to heal, and oh, man, it just kept on cascading and cascading. It was like a big old dump truck of dung being dumped on my head constantly. But, you know, I went through a period of depression, now, I still kept on doing the radio show, and yes, it is true. Uh, you know, I would come in here bummed out, depressed. You know, I'd walk into my into the Golden JIB studios, and I'd be bummed out and depressed and tired, man, just so tired, because my blood sugar was torqued up. Yeah. My diet wasn't right. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to be taking care of the temple body, aren't we? Watch out, here come the holidays. Hmm. So, and then of course, I've got other things that weigh heavily on me, like I have <laughs> no retirement at all. And if I got to last till 70, which heaven forbid, and I've got something very exciting to tell you about, I would submit a strong indicator of imminence for at least a barley harvest. And I thank and I praise God for my friendship with Brother Jim Boyer. I'm sorry, Jim, I gave up out your name to the uh, New World Order, so you better keep your eyes peeled for the um, the black um, Tahoes. <laughs> you 
you know, with and the guys with the paramilitary gear. <laughs> okay, just get out your binoculars. Hopefully, you got some infrared stuff going on, and you can uh, watch out for them. And then just pray, pray them away. Father, forgive them for they know what they do. Make good eyes blind, good good ears deaf. In Jesus' name. And then don't turn on any lights. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there's, this, there's a sad reality associated with what I just said, by the way. Of all the people that, you, that are out there, really, when it comes right down to it, why should I think that I'm not as at risk as J6ers? Well, because I have that kind of relationship with the Lord. Now, could the Lord, you know, allow me to suffer, you know, and go through crummy stuff? You know, do you, do you think just maybe Peter was a little surprised when he hung upside down on a cross? <laughs> I think so. I think he was kind of like going, I mean, you know, here's the thing that you never get from the scripture. You never get that Peter was probably going, oh, hey, no, not that. Oh, stop it. Please stop it. Oh, oh hey, whoa, 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 hey, whoa. You don't get that part. The Bible mysteriously leaves that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you look. You can, I can guarantee you that John, on the island of Patmos, when he was thrown into the boiling oil, wasn't going, oh, goody, goody. <laughs> okay? So anyway, I've been praying, Father, burn down my house, do what you got to do, what, and, and fervently. I do mean fervently, emotionally. Praying. It meant it. It's a scary thing. When you are given the, our Father has no regard whatsoever for anything but your salvation in bringing you to that expected end. Okay? Your eternity. Our Heavenly Father would like to allow you to be comfortable until you get evacuated. But if he needs to, he'll do stuff that you don't like. Reigns on the just and the unjust. All right, so anyway... um, you know, and then, of course, the fiery trials that are to try you as if something strange is happening to you, blah, 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 and all that stuff. It just goes on and on and on. And we're living in those days. There's a lot of, of paragraphs in the New Testament especially where it says there are lead-in words. There will come a time. Well, we're there. We're, we're past that watermark, way past it. Way past it. We got the Antichrist manipulating this entity that called itself Biden. The other day I saw a video. I'm not joking you. I'm telling you 100% truth. I saw a video of a person who looked exactly like the entity that supposedly is playing the part of Joe Biden, um, but uh, walking very quickly and sprightly outside of a place where supposedly the president of the United States had just spoken, in theory, which we already know he's not the duly elected president. And that's kind of, you know, neither here nor there. But I'm just saying, they filmed this guy and they said, aha, and they were chasing him down and he was running for it. It was a Joe Biden lookalike, a double. They're playing all kinds of sick, twisted, lying tricks, and they're all going to get tossed in the lake of fire. They are, and I will not expend not even a nanosecond of prayer for them. There are too many people that are that are misguided or lost totally and are not, well, tares, or taking evil payoffs because they're unbelievers. God's going to send alien beings down. This is Isaiah 13, Joel 2. He's going to send alien beings down from another part of the heaven to chop the, ch- the unrighteous children into pieces and to ravage your wives. 
What do you think that means? I'm, I'm as close to an expert of World War II as you can get short of creating my own documentary. I, I know an awful lot about it. I've studied it intensely. And I am unaware of any Nazi so I, Now, I know they did some horrible things to kids. Do not get me wrong. I know that, and it's horrible, and I don't even want to think about it. But they never chopped one into pieces. So the Lord woke me up with that swollen ankle. That was my burn-down-the-house moment. Yeah. He um, didn't like me feeling depressed. He wanted me to – he point. He, he pointed out to me essentially – there was so much learning that was to be derived from it all. You know, all these uh, fiery darts that would get into my head about not being able to, you know, how am I going to make it? You know, how am I going to? Like right now, like I said, I could I could easily take the money and run. I could stop doing this radio show in a snap. I could, you know, leave everything in this house, turn it over to a real estate agent, take the check, um, you know, put the money in the bank and live in a bedroom in my sister's house in Pennsylvania. And she would welcome it as long as I promised her that I wouldn't talk about the Bible with her. <laughs> All right. And I could retire right now, and I'll be eligible for my 62 SSI um, in April of next year. So I could easily retire. Between what I would have in the bank and um, my SSI, living in uh, – you know, because I, 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 I'm fine with that. Now, granted, I like I said, I'd, I'd rather have the Golden JIB Studios. And yes, I could set up you know kind of a mock-up something or another, up there and continue to do the radio show, but not without a significant pause. It would take months. What is that noise? Does anybody hear that? That's weird. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that noise. Shut up! Well, it's not working. Hold on a second. Let me see here. I got a rumbling coming through. Oh, it's going away. Hallelujah. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> I have sub. I have set somebody on the dark side. All right. So anyway, um, uh, so that was my wake up call. To sh- that's so strange. I got it again. Um, oh, I see what I think is happening. That should not be activated. I don't know. Can I get a sound check? Is there anybody out there that give me a sound check? I'm starting to be concerned whether or not I'm even coming across. Hold on. Let me check some settings here. I got a couple people on the call dock here, so that it does indicate that I'm coming through. But something is awry with the settings because I see... My oh, this is not good. Let me see if I can change settings without. If I if I get disconnected, I will call right back. But there is something noteworthy that is not set up right. It's not good. All right, so I'm going to try to get to the settings section and turn off something that needs to be turned off really, really bad. Yeah, that okay. So some okay. Wait a minute. That's correct. That's correct. So why in the world is that on? That is so weird. It isn't like this equipment is is new to me or anything. I've only been doing it for 12 years. That's weird. 
Yeah, for some reason, uh, <laughs> my webcam is on. And it shouldn't be. It never is any other time. Um, and I'm not doing a video call with Blog Talk Radio because that's impossible. Praise God. All right. So I have no email confirmations that I have sound going out. I have two people that can hear, so I don't know if the streaming part of of the program is working. Um, this is strange. Okay, so uh, – and I got no emails. And if I don't have any emails, that's a really bad sign. I don't want to do a whole show. Okay, hold on a second. Um, let me see. I'm checking for people on the instant. Nope, I may be not live, except to the people that are in the call doc. That would be bad. I'm going to disconnect and try to call back in because there may be a significant problem on my end, and I'm unaware of it. Because all the brothers and sisters that normally help me on Friday nights are gone. They all. I'm not going to get into the details, but people are going through hell on earth <laughs> right now. And uh, wait a minute. Okay, check your Google chat. I'm being told. Hold on. I am hearing the noise. Okay, slightly not too loud. But okay, but brother Jim, what I really need to know is, am I coming across on the live stream? I'm going to wait for him to respond because there's about a six minute or a six second delay. Um. I still have no response. Uh, he said, I am hearing the noise also slightly, but not too bad. He's typing. He says, yes. Okay, so he's telling telling us that the audio is coming through. All right, well, then in that case, I'm just going to live with the rumbling in the background. I don't know what that is. Um, I, You know, whatever. Okay, so let's just move forward. So anyway... The um, the it's important to understand that that's how God works. So when you're, I highly recommend that every one of us do this right now, because if if God is working through on me, okay, and making changes in my life right now, because it's all for me. The only reason I live is to serve the Lord, and my job is a waste to a means. Period. And end of story. Like I said, I have options. I could. That is weird. That is really weird. There is some kind of uh, – okay, I'm going to disconnect and recall back in. Please stand by. All right, hold on just a second. Let me kill it. All right. So I'm live again, theoretically. Let's hope that, that this reconnection kicks out that – and why is my webcam on? It must be the National Security Agency watching me. Maybe they'll get saved by the blood of Jesus. That would be cool. Um, all right. So let me double check here. Good, good. All the meters, all the cables and schmables and wires and things look right. Hopefully we won't have that creepy, weird grumbling sound in the background anymore. All right. So anyway, during experience, shock, naturally because my mom slowly died uh, at the age of 56 in front of my eyes. Well, I, it's, it's a long story. It, go, it takes a while for somebody to die from complications of uh, – Thank you, Jim. Uh, complications of uh, type 1 diabetes. It wasn't that she wasn't being treated, but in the 80s, they don't have the stuff that they have today. And she had been cured of diabetes by going to basically a fat camp. If you've ever heard of a fat camp, well, she went to a diabetes camp, and they used special method, methods and diet to cure her. She came back completely perfect blood sugar, but she told me that she couldn't deal with the diet. She said, Johnny, if this is the way i got to live the rest of my life, I don't want to do it. I'm going to eat normal, period. 
and she did. And all of her internal organs began to fail. Her heart enlarged. She had congestive heart failure and enlarged heart. She had uh, pretty much everything was failing. She went blind, legally blind. And at the age of 17, the last thing I remember, she had the foot stuff, the swollen feet, all that kind of stuff, a lot of pain. And I remember she would pull up her chair, you know, one foot away from the boob tube so she could watch uh, Jim Baker on the original PDL club thing. That was her thing. But she was miserable and in a lot of pain. And then I ended up going into the Navy. And uh, it wasn't until after I got back out in 85 that um, she had, uh, I got the phone call at like one o'clock in the morning. But fortunately, my sister, one of my sisters actually wrote a a real letter. (laughs) Imagine that with a pen and paper. Uh, It's almost the white, it was a white, normal piece of white paper. But it's been in my safe for so long, it's like turned into parchment paper. It's amazing. But anyway, um, and the, and gave the whole testimony how, and I, I know that she saw Jesus just before she passed, which was cool. Because by today's standards, <laughs> you would have to wonder if my mom would make it. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but today's standards, you have to understand, we're approaching the barley harvest. You know, there will come a time. You got to understand, we have made a shift. We're in the period of sorrows now. We're in the sorrows now. Now, how long is it going to stretch out? I don't know. And I, I can show you a, a Bible study from a Prophecy News Watch Group that their understanding of Daniel seventy weeks is completely a thousand. It's nothing at all. Like the traditional traditional pre-trib, three point five year, three point five year dynamic, where they're you know they think there's three years of pre-trib and you know and all that stuff. I can show you a completely different study that com- that utterly dissects it completely different, and it makes total sense. So people, what happens is people, even if they are anointed, they grab a hold of concepts because that's how they were trained in the church or they read some book or they studied under somebody and they won't let it go. They, they, they're not going to learn. They're not going to change. it. That's where they are and that's where they're going to stay. And that's fine. I don't ever want to be like that. Never. But I have learned if that's what they want to believe, just let them alone. Um, but anyway, so that was my wake up call. And, you know, so that was God burning down my house, essentially, because I was praying for it. And other people that I've had conversations about this sort of thing with in person or, you know, live uh, on the phone or whatever, they, you know, I've told them, I said, you know, after I pray like that, I'm kind of looking over my shoulders wondering, you know, is my house going to catch on fire? You know, because you're asking the Lord to do whatever, whatever he has to do. The really cool thing about the lesson that the Lord taught me, because I, he knew that I meant it in my heart, and he allowed all these things to occur on purpose, because he was bringing me to a new level. You know, you always hear that thing, God will tear you down so he can build you back up stronger. I got a sign in my hallway. I like funny tin signs. And it, one of my favorite ones is like, whatever doesn't kill you will make you stronger, except bears. They'll kill you. 
know, I love that kind of stuff. I even have a, I have a, a it's a white sign, and it says, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> There's a lot of funny ones. They're pretty funny. But anyway, praise God. you got to smile nowadays, especially. But, um, so, that was my wake-up call. And it was the Lord, once again, burning down the house, as it were. You have to understand that, you know, I had fear in my heart over what am I going to do if the Lord tarries? How am I going to retire? Well, I have answers. I just have to let go of everything. You know, just, you know, because I can't, you can't move to Pennsylvania. Unless you buy like a 3,000 square foot house in Pennsylvania, you're going to end up with a house that was built in like 1920 or 1915 or even in the 1800s. And they didn't make big living rooms back then. You can't put a, a sofa and a recliner and a love seat inside those living rooms. They don't fit. <laughs> okay. So I would have to leave everything behind. It's not like I have a giant house. It's not like that. But Pennsylvania is just notorious for being like that. It's all colonial and the houses are old. And then I think to myself, oh, my gosh, for as much as I have to spend on maintenance on this beast, which was built in 79, okay, how much maintenance am I going to have to spend on a house that was built in 1915? It doesn't have room for any of my furniture. So anyway, I, you know, and then the snow, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, gee, if I move to Pennsylvania, I'm going to have to get a garage. <laughs> what good does a garage do when you have four foot of snow outside of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get in the car. You can't get out. <laughs> you got to go to the airport. It's 90 minutes away. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, you got to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning. So good luck with that two hours of sleep. And, by the way, you got to shovel the entire driveway. And you can't use a snowblower because it's 1 o'clock in the morning and it will break the sound ordinances and the police will come. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a whatever. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything, isn't there? Amen? Applied Christianity. None, none of this stuff is intended to be easy. There's always a lesson to be learned. The question is, do you learn the lesson and do you have the discipline? Disciple? Discipline. Disciple? Discipline. Disciple? Discipline. To do something about it. And you know the honest goodness truth? And this isn't a dig against anybody that doesn't have the discipline because I know that I'm kind of special in that area. <laughs> okay? I'm special in a lot of areas, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> praise God. But for some reason, I've always been one of those people that no matter how deep the pit is that I dig for myself, <laughs> you know, if the Lord whacks me upside the head in just the right way, and he he knows... I'm going to do something about it. He knows that. So anyway, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the moral of this, longer than I thought it was going to be, as always, testimony, was that I knew, even though I had everybody telling me otherwise, and I had my, my brother-in-law, or I call him brother-in-law because of my 20-year age gap, but it's really nephew-in-law. Ugh, very challenging. But he's incredibly intelligent, but he's also very forceful in his delivery. He'll say things like, that's a fact. And then you'll say, but this, that, and the other thing, and he'll go, that's a fact. You know, and the thing is that what he's saying is a fact is actually a fact. The problem is that alternatives are not being entertained. Because in his world, he made a choice based on the facts. 
It's not that he's wrong about the facts. It's just that he wasn't willing to look at the alternatives. So, um, so what I was being told was the fact that, hey, if you have, if you have diabetes, you've got diabetes. You're going to have it the rest of your life. If you have type 2 diabetes, you have type 2 diabetes, you're going to have it the rest of your life. That's a fact. He's right. That's a fact. But can you cure it? Yes, that's a fact. You say that to him, and, and the first thing he says out of his mouth is, can you get your body mass index down to 3%? Can you you know, do this? Can you live on keto the rest of your life? And I, I told him, I said, I've been on keto since 2016, minus my four-month period of depression with my busted-up knee and the post-surgical stuff. That's when I was naughty and, you know, ordered from macaroni grill more often than I should have. Okay, because I was like pretty bummed out. And um, I just figured I would lose it and everything get back to normal once I could get back on my elliptical trainer and, you know, and I got restored. Never mind that it can take six months to a year. I find out from a PhD in physical therapy instead of the surgeon. The surgeon just wants to get you out. You got a surgical period, which is 90 days post-surgery, and that's when the insurance runs out. When the insurance runs out, he won't bring you in the office anymore to save your life. Doesn't matter. The only way he can get his attention is to sue him, <laughs> which, of course, would be unethical. So anyway, um, that's just how it works. They, they want to get you mobile. They want to get you out the door. That's their job. But they don't know about physical therapy. They don't know how long it takes cartilage to heal. They don't know these things. A doctor in physical therapy, a PhD in physical therapy, does. And the Lord hooked me up with one of those. Praise Jesus. So I had a little bit of level setting there. I had to accept that I could be dealing with intermittent pain and issues and all kinds of stuff. I like to pray on my knees, so I have to be very careful. And plus, right now, I'm on, the surgeon gave me uh, 800 milligrams of ibuprofen X2 per day. And I'm, I'm not, he, he knows that in order for the healing of my cartilage, I cannot have any swelling at all for any reason. So when I told him I was having intermittent pain issues, he said, oh, no, 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 you can't have that. So that, that's what that's about. He's smart enough to know that it, if there's a lack of blood flow, that cartilage will never heal. So it's been very successful thus far. Praise Jesus. And in fact, I actually started working out on the elliptical trainer. Now, granted, I'm taking it very slow. I didn't go the full 20 minutes on my walk. I got a little faster than I probably should have a couple of times. I do have a tendency. I'm, I'm in a 140-beat-a-minute aerobic type of a person. That's just me. Um, and um, I need to force myself to take it easy. So I felt impressed to stop at the 10-minute mark, which is a good thing because I had the pain. And if I had to push myself too far, I wouldn't be able to walk up and down the stairs. I mean, it's agonizing. So anyway, praise the Lord for that. So now I'm back on the elliptical trainer. Hallelujah. So there's part of the testimony. But the main thing was, do I have type 1 diabetes? Am I going to have to deal with what my mother went through? And can I cure it? with discipline, while everybody's telling me I can't. Well, praise the Lord. They were incorrect, and the Lord, and, and, you know, you could say, well, this is a miracle of Jesus. Well, in reality, our walk in Christ is not 
you know, it's one – It's we are – okay, as I've said this before, you know, you hear people say – Christians say things like, you know, the Lord helps those who help themselves. Well, let me tell you something. That's a fact. Okay, if you whether that's true prayer, whether that's true faith, whether that's true praise, whether that's true being obedient to what Jesus said, uh, that it, whether that's true fighting to get willful and habitual sin out of your life and all that kind of stuff. And believe me, you can think of all kinds of reasons why it's okay to do this. You know, it's okay to do that as long as you're only doing this. It's okay to do this as long as you're only doing that, because you can rationalize even when you know in your heart that, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that. I I can use all kinds of examples, but, you know, like Christians will say things like, well, smoking a cigar is just fine. Once in a while. So darn cigarettes. You know, stuff like that. And and then you got the absolutists about alcohol, and they say things like, well, that wasn't really wine. Jesus wouldn't sin like that. Anybody, there's no such thing as a sipping saint. And I'm like... Would you please read your Bible just once? So anyway, we're going to shift into the prayer vigil here in a second. But it's about self-control. It's about discipline. And it's hard. It's really hard. And I'm just trying to share with you that it is possible. And it may be, I don't expect that anybody out there, I have Navy SEAL, when I get pumped up enough, I I have like Navy SEAL-like discipline. I can walk away from any addictive behavior in a snap. Now, you might say, like, like for example, video games, things like that. If I start sensing that I'm playing it too much, I will rip it to shreds and throw it in the trash. I'm very aggressive about fixing things. I've always been that way. I fought my way from living in the back of my car, praise Jesus, when I got out of the military Thank goodness I had that Bally's uh, Health Club lifetime membership or else I wouldn't have a place to dig a shower and get a job and work my way out of it. My parents were like, come home. You can come home. It's all right. You can get yourself back on the feet. And it was pride. It was pride. I was like, man, if anybody from my high school sees me coming back to Hummelstown, PA, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, no, I'm going to go set up in Tampa where my ex-girlfriend <laughs> lived or whatever, who turned out to be my wife later. But... She, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, so this whole thing, thank you, Jesus, has been a major – the Lord just basically, if I was to use a metaphor, he grabbed me by the neck and said, hey, that's what you want. That is what you want. And it is scary. There's a reason why hell exists. Oh, you can say, well, God created hell for the devil and his fallen angels. Yup. But there were other reasons. Ever hear the term scared straight? So anyway, um, so what did I do? I knew that diabetes could be healed. I experienced it with my mother back in the 80s. She just did not have the discipline, and she wanted to eat more. She missed her peanut M&Ms, and it was more important to her to do that. than. And I don't really think she saw the writing on the wall. I think if she was alive and knew what she was going to have to go through and had that why-in-the-road choice decision to make again, 
I think she would have made the choice to the diet. But, you know, doctor bedside manner, you know, you go into a doctor's with diabetes, they're not going to sit there and tell you, man, you're going to go blind. You're going to be in more pain than God intended for any human. It's going to be worse than cancer. You don't want to do this. Doctors are not going to do that. They're going to they're going to be like all sweet and kind and talky-walky and all that kind of stuff. Oh, everything's going to be just fine. They're lying out their cheeks. Now, nowadays, it's different. There's better treatments and things. But in the 80s, it was it was either do it right. Or you're in big trouble. And, of course, it depends on how bad your diabetes is, which my mom had the worst. And now I have that strange, somebody's pushing a cart across the bowling alley thing going on again. <sighs> anyway. Hello? So weird. All right. So praise the Lord. So what I did was I knew that it was possible. I got my fitness pal. So this might help somebody. Maybe this is going to help somebody. Maybe this will be a whole testimonial show tonight. I doubt it. But I'm just saying. Because we're going all the way to 10, of course. And I don't want to break up the prayer vigil to give testimony. Um, so I had a choice. It was why in the road. I told God, burn down my house if he got to. Well, he did. What's interesting, though, are the benefits of my choice to fight holistically and to stay off the drugs, the insulin, the ozempic, the, all that stuff. Now, granted, if that was my only choice, to be able to live and serve the Lord, then I would. And I don't buy the pharmacia baloney. Everybody loves to throw that word around like they know something. They don't. They know nothing. Luke was a medical doctor. They don't know the story about, uh, um, oh, it's in the beginning of Philippians where Paul's writing a letter and, and, uh, and uh, oh, what is the guy's name? But anyway, uh, Paul had a, a ministry buddy with him and, um, and he, he was writing to the, the church of Philippi and he said uh, he was in tears and please pray for so-and-so. I forget his name. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. I've, but anyway, um, so Paul, who's raised people from the dead, healed unbelievable numbers of people with the name of Jesus, has this ministry buddy who's obviously living holy and righteous and working with Paul for Jesus, and he gets sick. And Paul's bawling. He's crying. He's beside himself, and he's asking for prayer for it. And then he's, then he's happy to tell them that he's pulling, he's pulling it together, and he's going to survive, and he's really happy. How can that be? Right. How can it be? That's a story you don't want to tell somebody that has the gift of divine healing, by the way. I know some people that had that gift. I don't know if they're still walking in it, but the Lord said, keep your tater trap shot. It's in the first part of uh, Philippians. Like the first, you know, the first like five or six paragraphs. But I just, for some reason, I'm just not remembering the fellow's name. But anyway, um, I, I knew about all that stuff because I, I read like crazy. But anyway, I just, you know, I, to have it confirmed in the Bible, because I look for the stuff that people don't even bother to read. I want to see the mysteries that are hidden inside the text that's the introductory text that most people just skip over. That's where some of the best stuff is. So um, I had to make a choice. 
and I wanted to go holistic because my in my experience, once you decide you're going to go with the insulin, decide that you're going to take that route, your body becomes dependent upon it, and oftentimes the side effects can accelerate your decay. Okay? doesn't mean the doctor did you wrong. It may have been the only option the doctor felt that they had. Now, I have a telemed because of COVID. COVID, 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 everywhere COVID. Hospitals are filling up with COVID here in the United States. It isn't just Canada. It's here in the United States. Hospitals are filling up. Doctor's offices are just overflowing because everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid. Nobody's taking proper vitamins. Nobody's doing the things that they ought to do to build up their immune system. Nobody has colloidal silver like they ought to have. They, they're, not, they're not doing the things that they ought to have. They're not using the gifts of God to take care of their temple body. Uh, and, you know, I don't I, – you've got to throw the word body. Don't just say temple. That's kind of weird. I'm sorry, but I'm not a temple, okay? Temples are those freaky-deaky things they have all over, like, you know, Bangkok, <laughs> okay? <clears throat> you know, I, we're, we're in the 21st century here. So anyway, praise God. So, um, so I had to make that choice, and my choice was go totally Navy SEAL. Oh, where's that sound again? How weird. That is so strange. Well, anyway, so I'm going to keep on going. So anyway, I decided to go totally Navy SEAL. And um, uh, let me see if I'd be quiet if it goes away. Hold on. No, it's still going. That is the weirdest thing. There's got to be something going on funky on the whole uh, connection to Blog Talk Radio. And my, I, next, I learned my lesson. Now I'm just going to have to make a point to reboot the computer before every single show, which is very hard for me to do um, because of the time and limitations. But anyway, praise God, you know, especially on, on Fridays and Wednesdays. All right, so I decided to go totally Navy SEAL and go holistic. Praise God. And, um, and I did. And I use, for those of you who may want to apply these sorts of principles in your life, then what I, what I use is my fitness pal, and I link it to my Fitbit. I have a, a cheap Fitbit, a Charge 5. They're very inexpensive. And the value that you get from it is, it, 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 it's, it's unbelievable. I know what it is, I think. No, no, it's not that. Wait a minute. Let me look and see. I, could it be? No, it can't be coming through any of these because I have the switch changed. Hold on. I'm double-checking some switches. No, it's not that. All right. I guess I'm going to have to live with it. I really dislike that noise in the background. All right. So anyway, praise God. Um, you have to understand I have super high fidelity here in the Golden GIB studios. You don't have it because it has to run at a lower bandwidth to stream around the world because if they raised the if they raised it to HD quality, what would happen is it would cut off half of the listeners who are listening in the Philippines and Africa and you know, Pakistan, etc. Okay. So anyway, so I, I begged them when they were talking about going HD, I begged them to not include me in that. And uh, they never did go HD. So I'm like, hallelujah. So um, I went totally Navy SEAL. I use a, a, a app on my phone called MyFitnessPal. I log every, anything that touches my lips is logged. I'm doing a 16 by 8 fast, intermittent fast. So at 7 p.m. I stop eating. 
I don't eat again until 11 o'clock the next day, period. Period. Okay, and, um, and that's, that. that's just final. No, no exceptions to the rule, ever. Now, I, I can have, like, as long, you have to be an expert at certain things, and it takes time to become an expert. So if you decide to do anything like this and you want to do it or you want to give it a try, email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com, and I'll hook you up with everything you need. A lot of stuff. Because you've got to learn what the rules are, or else it won't work. You've got to learn all the different artificial sweeteners. I have a list of those and what their glycemic index is, their GI. And you've got to understand that a lot of the artificial sweeteners have glycemic indexes that are even higher than sugar, so they trigger your pancreas to pump insulin into your blood. That is bad, even though it has zero calories. And crystal light, all these, even you wouldn't believe how many uh, manufacturers pump stuff out. Zero calories, zero sugar. No, not as far as your pancreas is concerned. No, it's not. So you have to understand the glycemic index. You've got to understand that one or two carbs is too much. Because in order for you to keep it below 20 for the whole day, you've got to get radical. Really radical. And you've got to know that you can only have a couple of pieces of broccoli. You can only have a tablespoon of chopped, uh, you know, bell peppers. And you'd be surprised how delicious an omelet can be with just a tablespoon of bell peppers, which are barely even one carb. But you've got to know these things. And you've got to enter everything that passes your lips. Every heavy cream has no carbs. It has a lot. If it's processed, it creates sugars. Anything processed. Heavy cream, no carbs. A lot of the websites and things that you go out there say that eggs have carbs. That's bunk. There are zero carbs in eggs. So I had to use my fitness pal to create a special egg thing. It has a thing where you can create your own you know, foods. And I had to make some special ones. But I have a limited diet, so it's not that hard. Eggs, hard-boiled eggs, uh, bacon, Fat. You need a lot of fat. And you're like, John, what are you talking about? A lot of fat. No, you have to understand. You've got to convert your body over to burning fat, and that requires brute force and determination of a Navy SEAL. You take no prisoners, no excuses, and you've got to know your stuff. For example, I can't take the um, equate orange sugar-free fiber because it has a high glycemic index um, uh, artificial sweetener. Anything dextrose, maltodextrose, all that stuff, illegal. Same stuff as inside of Crystal Light. No good. So anyway, you have to first get smart about it. I can, I can help you. you know, I can give you stuff. And then you've got to record everything. And you've got to look at the little charts. And they're easy to do. It's a very easy product to use. And it lets you scan the barcodes on the back of the sausages and everything. And it gives you all the nutritional stuff automatically. Once in a blue moon, you'll scan something. And it won't register. But then it'll let you enter it anyway if you want to do it manually. But anyway got to be under 20 carbs, militantly under 20 carbs, especially if you're living a sedentary life. If you're working out every day or taking like one day off or whatever to heal, 
that changes the dynamics quite a bit and allows you to – you, you still don't want to ever cross the 20 carbs. I try to keep to four or five carbs if possible, which is it is possible because I'm sedentary still comparatively speaking, even though I've been doing a little bit of walking on the elliptical because I'm trying to take care of my knee. But anyway, let me tell you what the results have been. This is where the praise God comes in. Again, if you are, this is the saying, okay, God helps those who help themselves. If you think that your walk in Christ is all about Jesus saving you and bringing you to where you need to be, then you're fooling yourself. We have a requirement to be obedient. And to the degree that you are obedient, you shall be rewarded. To the degree that you are obedient, you shall be rewarded. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that this guy, if I can get extra credit, I'm going for it. Not only that, but it completely relieves me of any concerns regarding whether or not I'll be able to work um, at full energy and full physical fitness uh, throughout my entire 60s. Because there for a long time, I was like, I'm not going to be able to keep going like this. All right. And uh, so anyway, just by this diet alone, a true under 20 tar- carb Keto, true ketosis diet. None of this baloney that you see on YouTube. That is not keto. None of this stuff that they put on the packages on Amazon or wherever at the store. That is not keto. It is a lie from the devil. Anyway, so you got to learn to read your labels. You got to understand all these things, and you got to record everything that you do. And you got to understand that if the, if it will in any way during your intermittent fasting period, if it will in any way trigger your pancreas to release insulin, if any way, then um, your, your, intermittent, your intermittent fast will fail. And that's a very bad thing. If you aren't, unless you're really working out, but you should still be intermittent fasting because there's other humongous benefits. And if you can, every time, a lot of people don't realize this, but when Jesus fasted for 40 days, it purified every cell in his body beyond what any medical doctor today would even understand. A 40-day fast, I am aware of a person, I heard his testimony, who cured stage 4 lung cancer by doing a 40-day water fast. Stage 4. 100% deadly. Totally cured. This isn't even a believer. So here are my results. Blood sugar of 200, swollen foot, red dots or red blotches all around my foot, definitely a sign of type 1 diabetes, definitely a sign of that I have inherited what my mom had and the ship was sinking, which is like the last thing I needed to hear at this point. So we don't know how long we're going to be here, but I'm sure I'm really cool with you. Um, really cool that Brother Jim sent in. And... And so basically, in the last, I'm going to get summarize. And it's been a journey. Um, I bought a, and if you can afford it, it's only 49 bucks. Um, you got to be willing to use a lancet and stick your finger because it's a blood test that you do yourself. But it's not just a blood test. In the case of the meter that I bought, it's what's called a blood ketone meter. And it's called Keto Mojo. And they sell it on Amazon, 49 bucks, and it gives you an, just 
tons of stuff to get you started. It interfaces with your phone. It creates graphs and charts, and they even use a thing called a GKI, which is a glucose keto in index, and it allows them to give you trending charts and show you your progress and all that kind of stuff, which is a motivational tool if you're really doing it right, because you will see that chart just going down, 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 down. And of course, the scale, I'm down 20 pounds in three weeks. So I'm down 20 pounds in three weeks, and my blood sugar went from 200 which is bad. Now it can get it. You can go as high as 300, which is like super duper duper bad. You probably don't go to the emergency room at that point. But um, a 200 is bad. It's like real bad. Well, praise Jesus, my A1C test came back, and the and the doctor's office told me because I said, "What is she? Is she going to throw me on uh, insulin and everything?" And they're like, "Oh no 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 no! Uh, it's just type two indicator." which is a miracle because if I hadn't started this diet when I did, the average, which is what the A1C is over a period of three months, would have been much worse. Much worse. All that being said, little little miracles, many miracles all along the way. But today, oh, and I had another listener of the program who is a, uh, for lack of a better term, a holistic healing specialist. Okay, I don't I I'm not going to pry and ask her what, you know, her education is, but she's very into it and I think it's she's made it pretty much her career. But she was uh counseling me and she said you should look into berberin. Berberin I have heard lowers blood sugar. And I said, "Oh, okay, so I bought some berberin." right off of Amazon. No big deal. It's, it's holistic. It's uh, God's food, essentially, from a plant and all that. So I got some berberin, but I wanted to see if the berberin really worked because I didn't want to take the meta- metaphor. I didn't want to take the ozempic. I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to go completely natural with discipline. So I did. And it was a you know, the, the charts were going, there was a little bit of up and down and up and down. There was a little bit of roller coaster, up and down and up and down. But the trend was going down, 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 down. I was like, oh, this is good overall. And I, and uh, so then, even though the numbers were not 100% perfect, they were good enough, but they weren't where they really needed to be until today. Thank you, Jesus. Today... Only testing myself two t- two times a day with all the charts and fancy stuff. T- testing myself two times a day and sticking to this diet. A little bit of exercise, very easy going. I went ahead and said, well, I got a little bit of trend data now. I'm going to try the berberin. See what happens. B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E. So I took, as it says, oh, by the way, the berberin, there are studies all over the place, including... The NIH, believe it or not, they also have a study about colloidal silver. It's not colloidal silver. They just say that silver kills. It's a bactericide and a viricide. But heaven forbid that you should have any of it because they're going to sue you into the next, you know, like they did the pillow guy and like they did Jim Baker and all that kind of stuff. Never say that there's anything that will do you any good with COVID. There's no natural remedies. That's why they sued him. 
even though the NIH had an article right there that said silver nanoparticles are a bactericide and a viricide. Anybody out there that doesn't have a gallon of the 120 ppm uh, uh, Guardian of Eden um, uh, uh, colloidal silver that lives in the United States is needs to hear that you need to pull you need to hear you really really need to hear it it boy it jetted up to like 140 dollars a gallon during the pandemic and now you can get it for like 55 bucks a gallon. And that'll last a very long time. If you feel even the scratchiest little thing in your throat, oh, I feel a cold coming on. I know a bunch of believers that have really bad colds right now. And if they had this stuff in their house, those colds never would have happened. The second that you feel the slightest little sniffly, sneezy feeling, anything, get out of bed, go over and take a tablespoon of it. I take a, probably a couple of tablespoons of it. Next day, fine, gone. You know, are we supposed to take vitamins? Of course we are. Are we supposed to eat food and stay alive? Of course we are. Are we supposed to take care of our bodies? Of course we are. Does that include keeping your weight down? Yes, of course it does. Is God going to cast you into hell because you don't know all of these things? Of course he isn't. But might you live a much more rewarding life and be able to serve the Lord better? Maybe your rewards will be a little bit higher. Maybe you'll get some extra credit that you need, like me. But today I decided, man, ah, what the heck? I'm going to see what happens when I take the berberine. And I and they had articles on the internet, lots of them, about how berberine and double blindfolded tests done by the NIH and all these other institutes of importance have determined that berberine is is showing uh, efficacy at the level of uh, metformin. And I'm like, well, what do you know? So I said, I'm a, I'm a, and, and one of the articles said, because I was looking for the dosage, and they were like, 500 milligrams three, three times a day. And I got this little app on my phone, praise Jesus, that says, uh, and every time I say that, I'm not going to go on in a testimony. I end up going on in it. Sorry about that. But I just know there's, I just feel in my heart there are people out there that need to hear this. There's an app that you can get for your phone called Repeat Alarm. Repeat Alarm. And you can set up, it'll go, it'll make any sound that you want it to make. And um, so it comes up and tells me to get berberine. Now, I need the little reminders because my job is very insanely busy. And the weekends, too, right? Take your berberine. It's like anything else. It's herbal, and you can't, like, not take it. You know, you, you, you know our bodies need nutrition. Our bodies need balance especially in the days of pestilence and famine. Like right now, if there was a massive famine, I w it wouldn't bother me at all. I can buy the best quality food in the world, everything made in cold-pressed olive oil, super healthy. There's, there's a book written. It's called Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill. Well, guess what? Cold-pressed olive oil heals the body. You've got to drown yourself in fats because that's what makes you feel full. If you're going to do butter, you want to get grass-fed butter, butter like Plugra or um, uh, Kerrygold. It's expensive. 
But you know what? If you're on this diet, you don't need much. I eat one meal a day. That's it. Nothing else. Not a snack, nothing. My treat is, you know, zero-carb coffee with maybe a little bit of whipped cream on top and some pumpkin pie spice. Zero carbs. So anyway, today after the berberine, I had a blood sugar. For any of you out there who may be dealing with this kind of stuff, my blood sugar came up on the blood uh, blood glucose meter at 91, which is a dream result for not only people with type 2, but it's a dream result, of course, for people with type 1. Properly done keto, true, ketosis-based, if you can through discipline, convert your body, even if you're old or over the age of 60, 55, um, you can convert your body into burning fats that heal. Fats that heal. And But the way that you do that is by percentages. Cook your omelet in quality grass-fed butter. If you're going to eat tuna, get the Genova, uh, um, you know, yellowfin tuna, which is high quality. But see, here's the thing. You don't need a lot of it. You can live for two weeks on that one package that you bought. I don't mean one can. I'm just saying the package that you bought. Um, If you get sardines, get them in oil. Get them in quality olive oil. If you're going to get the uh, mayonnaise, Get the mayonnaise that's made in the olive oil. Not only does it have a gazillion less calories, but it's very healthy. And you can do all kinds of creative things. Now, if you're going to use a keto cookbook, you better know your stuff, and you better watch your proportions. If you want to know what a proper proportion is, then get yourself an Adkins frozen meal and look how much is in it. It ain't much. But if you're doing it right, you don't want much. Pestilence and famine, no problem for this guy. He can't touch me with a 10-foot pole. I could have an entire, not only do I have the power of Jesus, thank you, Father, but I've also taken care of the temple body appropriately so that I have an exceedingly raised immune system. I'm not going to give you the huge list of vitamins that I take, but I do. I'm not going to tell you that without appropriate amounts of magnesium, you're going to have leg cramps, that you will not assimilate vitamins if you don't take magnesium, a lot of it. Everybody thinks it's potassium that prevents that. No, it's not. It's magnesium. The absence of magnesium is the number one reason why people do not benefit by, by taking vitamins. But most people don't know that. I just learned it. There's a product out there that you can buy. It's really cool. Now, they've been selling it at other places as well, but there's a product out there that you can buy that's relatively affordable, and it's called Calm, C-A-L-M. They sell it on the principle of the fact that this fizzy magnesium that you put it, you know, just a couple of teaspoons in to a glass, you stir it up, you let it fizz, and then you drink it, and then it will make you feel calm. Well, that is a side effect of magnesium, proper amounts, and you can't OD on it can have as much as one, um, but you better watch it. Watch, watch it a little bit because it can, it can affect your regularity a little. But my point is this. you got to know these things, and I'm sharing them with you now. So every morning I take the fizzy magnesium, calm. 
I take my my vitamins to build up my immune system. You got to have quercetin. You got to have niacin. You got to have selenium. Okay, you got to have an abundance of vitamin C, an abundance of vitamin B. Uh, you you got to have um, uh, vitamin A, A, B, C, and a lot of D. And don't forget your K two. I get the the uh, under the tongue the sublingual. Uh, there's a, it's a little more expensive, but it's proven to work much better. And it's a combination of D three K two in a dropper bottle, and it's a massive amount. Talk about falling asleep. I'm sleeping like a baby right now, even with the stress from the job. As a matter of fact, the Lord took away a lot of the stress. I don't mean through my diet necessarily. I'm sure that's a contributor, no doubt. But um, <laughs> he delayed this project that was going to run over me like a quarry truck. And I know my boss, and I know what he would want me to do. I mean, as far as my boss is concerned, prayer vigil be damned. <laughs> I don't tell him what I do. I tell him essentially that I'm going to church. I don't say it like that, but, you know, that's what he thinks. And I'll let him think what he thinks. Like Jesus said, you have said so. So anyway, I had perfect blood sugar. 100% holistically. But here's the thing. I can't stop like my mom did. But for me, it's no problem. Because I've never felt this good. I haven't felt this good since, wow, the early part of 2017. The early part of 2017. And what caused me to get aggressive with the diet like I am now in that during that period was I was going through a uh, implant, a molar implant surgery. And uh, there's nothing more agonizing than getting a a jawbone graft. <laughs> and I had to have it done twice. And I guarantee it's more painful than childbirth. <laughs> I guarantee it. Or it's definitely on par. And Vicodin doesn't have no effect on it whatsoever. It, probably the only thing it prevents you from doing is running around the uh, cul-de-sac screaming, Oh my Lord! But um, yeah, it's uh, horribly, horribly, horribly agonizing. The poor nurse that called me and asked me how I was doing. <laughs> I didn't use any cuss words or anything, but I said, oh, my God, this is the most horrible. And she's like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I felt bad afterwards. But what can you do? I didn't want to lie to her. And besides, I was in agony. What am I, you know, whatever. But Lord will bring you through it. And that's what kicked it off a ways back. But then came the pandemic. Then came the knee surgery, blah, blah, blah. It's always a, a roller coaster ride, isn't it? So anyway, I've, I've committed myself to this. I, the Lord has led me through believers, through the coaching of more than – there were two key radio show listeners, one by the name of Russ and one by the name of Angela, who coached me. And you might say they coached you in the flesh, but do you really think so? Because our walk in Christ, applied Christianity – it, we we want to say, well, all the glory to Jesus. Well, you know what? All the glory to Jesus is right. He is everything. Amen. But don't think for a second that your choices are irrelevant 
As the saying goes, if you're in a boat and it's rocking back and forth in a heavy storm, and that little boat is going, that little wooden boat is heading right toward the rocks, do you sit there and bob around like a jellyfish and say, Jesus, help me? Or does the Lord expect you to pick up the oars and start rowing? And I'll tell you, it's the latter. Did Jesus row those oars? No, he did not. You rowed the oars. There is an expectation. Any one of us gets into this notion that we have no obligation to do anything. You're in trouble. How much? I don't know. And I certainly wouldn't judge you. I'm the worst person in the world to judge anybody. Would never do that. Unless I was actually, heaven forbid, a pastor during these days in an actual building church. Ugh. Like the very thought of that is just, forget that noise nowadays. Because there will come a time, and we're in that time now. I wouldn't want that responsibility. And besides, nobody would come anyway. It would be a very small group at best, and you'd have a very hard time retaining people. It's just the way it is. People are judgmental. People don't understand forgiveness. People don't get stuff. They don't understand love. Do not understand love. They don't. And that's the number one thing we're supposed to. And we're supposed to basically put on Christ. The word is in duo in the Greek. And it means to put on like a robe. And anybody who's had a near-death experience, uh, let's correct that. They died <laughs> and went to heaven. The first thing they tell you, whether they went through the pearly gates or not, is the love that I felt was like nothing I've ever experienced. Nothing. Like nothing I've ever experienced. A rush of ecstasy associated with love. That's the number one thing. Oh, yeah, colors, um, grass that, you know, there's no sign of decay. Grass is green. You can step on a flower and it comes right up and it'll, they'll look at you. Know, they sing. The plants sing. You can breathe underwater. It's amazing. The plants, even the pets, our, our, our animals will be with us. And they talk to us. They can talk, just like they did in the Book of Jubilees in Hebrew. It's amazing what we have to look forward to. The challenge we have is us. We are our greatest hindrance. Our desire to think of why we don't want to do something. Oh, we can think of a reason. Oh, God made, you know, vegetables to be eaten. Well, yeah, he did. You know, the body's proclivity to desire to burn carbs by carbs by default is a natural way to do things but in today's day and age with all the poisons with all the appeal being sprayed on there by uh, Bill Gates and all of his uh, 
reptilian friends from the bowels of Sheol, okay, you're probably getting more poison, and a lot of it you can't wash off unless you're growing it yourself. And then moderation. That's another thing. A lot of moderation. We don't have that. There's no moderation in this country. Everybody says they're going to lose weight their way. They get on Weight Watchers. They try to do it. And they fail every time. And they're not going to cure diabetes. They're going to control it. They're not going to cure cancer. They're going to control it. That's all they're going to do. And the second they slip up, first holiday comes around, they're going to get sick again. It's going to return. The one thing that is exception is fasting. Fasting causes what's called autography, autography, and that means that all of your cells wake up and look around and they go, hey, we're not healthy. That mitochondria over there, it's dying. I got to go fix it. Those white blood cells, there's not enough of them. I got to go make more. Your whole body wakes up three days. All you got to do is fast for three days, actually 48 hours, water fast, nothing else. And your body goes to autography and all your cells wake up and they start to heal. Your body starts to heal itself because that's God. But so is understanding that we can convert our bodies to burn fats that heal. But you have to do it by using eating a lot of fats. You've got to change the proportion. Less than 20 carbs and lots of healthy fats. Kerrygold butter, eggs, bacon, all kinds of things that everybody, you know, everybody likes it. But no, you can't have fruit. You know, yeah, so if you're going to miss your fruit salad, okay, maybe it's not for you. But maybe you don't have a reason like I do. The only way I could heal 100% my body's proclivity to follow after my mother's death was to do what I'm doing. And it heals cancer. It heals so much stuff. I mean, the list is phenomenal. So we do have to row the boat. We don't bob around like a jellyfish. We do have a responsibility to make wise choices. And we don't want to look for excuses. We need to do what we have to do. And you know what the really cool thing is? I don't have to worry about working to 70 now. I am 99.999% certain that I will be working out like I was when I was 35 in a very short period of time. Because I'm on a roll and I'm not going to stop. I'm going all the way down to D20. I'll be so thin. I'll feel so good. I'll have energy like I have now. It's like a whale blowing water out. I mean, it's like, it's like huge amounts of energy. I don't take naps anymore. Don't Don't need power naps. Don't need to go get a, you know, oh, I've got to grab a 30-minute power nap before the prayer vigil. Or I'm not going to make it. None of that. It's all gone now. Praise God. It's, just, it's the most, because you're living, essentially by doing what I'm recommending to you, is you are essentially living in a state of, your body sees it as a continuous fast. And it is. 
Make no mistake. If you study Daniel's fast, his 21-day fast, he said, I ate no good meats or something like that. The, the point is he was eating. And people pretend like they know what Daniel says, and they'll tell you to eat some nuts and some berries and, you know, blah, 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 and whatever. No, this is a fast. I am in a constant state of fasting. And you might say, but wait a minute, you're eating a meal a day. Well, it's not a pure water fast, but I can tell you my body sees it as a fast. It reacts to it as a fast. So before you go out and say, well, I'm eating God's food. I got to do it God's way. Wait a minute. How often are we told to fast? And how healthy is it to fast? How can you cure stage four lung cancer with a fast? And I'm just living in a constant state of fast. Takes discipline. I'm running into the holiday season. I have some of that Williamson's uh, fruitcake stuff is awesome inside my uh, refrigerator over, you know, in another room away from here. And uh, no way. I won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Got to find somebody to give it to, like my daughter or something. (laughs) But anyway, so I I, I know that that drug on, and I apologize, but it's just how it goes with me. Praise Jesus. So I hope that helps somebody out there. And if you want any information, don't be shy. Send me an email at jbaptist777. I can give you all the information you want. I'm happy to, just like the people like like Angela um, uh, and uh, like uh, like Brother uh, Russ did for me. They they coached me because I needed fast answers, and the Lord led them to tell me in the flesh through the Lord. You understand? I hope you you do. It's not one or the other. It's both all the time. It's all of the above. It's not one or the other. That's how our minds are wired. Oh, it's got to be this. No, it doesn't have to be that. If you want to do Weight Watchers and you want to eat fruit and you want to have bread and do all that kind of stuff, well, go for it. If it works for you, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But if it doesn't work for you and you have things that you have to address that were inherited through genes, and and according to the testimony that I have on tribulation-now.org, I had the testimony of a young lady who lived in Africa. And she was taken up to heaven and met with Jesus. And Jesus told her, because that we are born in a fallen state and have two strands of DNA. One strand is of God and the other strand is of Satan. And that is why there are deformed babies born a lot of times. Um, you know, things like that. Now, granted, a lot of, nowadays, a lot of the evil ones are making it that way on purpose. They're trying to slaughter us all. It's an extinction. We are living in an extinction level event right now right now. And then the last piece that I wanted to share with you is um, very important. Brother Jim sent this in, and it's very exciting. So if you've read, hopefully you have, but it's uh, on like the first page of tribulation-now.org, look for the, um, let me see what I called it. Oh, fiddle-faddle. All right, hold on just a second. got to get to the main site. I'm on an article right now. Here we go. All right. Praise God. Okay. So there's a recent post. It's a second one over. Just passed a Men in Black testimony by Joseph Spencer. And the title is, Is the David Doetry Ship Here? In David Doetry's um, vision of the rapture, 
he was shown that approximately, now watch out for your times, watch out for your times, because prophecies, dreams, and visions, when they mention two weeks, three weeks, or a year, or whatever, <clears throat> it's always wrong. But he felt in his vision that it was three, approximately three weeks after this large copper, large spherical copper spaceship enters into the Earth's atmosphere. I've had, he lives an hour south of Tampa in like Sun City Center. He's very elderly right now. And we tried to get him on the show, but he can't hear very well. So we had him on twice. We wanted to bring him back and tell him that the thing's in the sky. <laughs> he was given this vision in 1996, but nobody would listen to him because nobody believed in UAPs or whatever they want to call them today. Nobody believed in it. So nobody would listen to his testimony. Then John Ting from Five Does, who I don't even know if he's around anymore, somewhere around 2003 or four, grabbed it and said, wait a minute, this is really important. And he put it up on Five Does. And it also got put on Standeo's site as well, I think. I think. Yeah, it did. I think so. And then um, Stan and Holly Deos. I don't even know where they are. I haven't heard much from them in a long time. But anyway... Um, And I saw it, and I was like, by this time, by the time I see it, the Lord had already told me that I need to focus on the alien problem. He was extremely clear about that. Okay. Now, granted, over 12 years, you go, you learn a whole lot more, too. A whole lot more. Especially if you're begging for it, which I was. <clears throat> And um, Jim, Brother Jim sent me a picture just before tonight's program. I wanted to get it up on the web, but I couldn't move fast enough before the show. The new images of this object, they have these uh, FAA cameras that are permanently mounted in special places on Earth. And there's one in particular that uh, is just perfectly positioned to spot things in outer space that are close to the Earth, like one of the five to seven planets that orbit Nibiru, okay? Which is, by the way, the Nibiru is the sign of the Son of Man in Matthew twenty four twenty nine. It's so sad that people don't know that. They're like, oh, it's Jesus coming in the clouds. And I'm like, um, you need to get on the keto diet right now because you got brain fog. It says the sign of the Son of Man, not the Son of Man. Read the book. It's very frustrating. And they're misleading people fantastically. They're leaving out really vital information. But it is what it is. And God loves us all. We're all part of the body. Weak, strong, pains in the butt. <laughs> Whatever we are. <laughs> Raise my hand. <laughs> okay. All right. So Brother Jim sent me an image. It was a new image from the FAA fixed cameras, which I'm sure they don't monitor all the time. And by golly, due to deltas in the atmospheric conditions, no doubt, this particular image 
of this object was much clearer than the prior image, which I have posted on the web. This particular image is you are able to see very clearly so, unlike the other one, that it is beyond any shadow of a doubt. It is not only does it have the rivets that David uh, Doetry saw in his vision, that rivety look, that mechanical metal ball sort of a look, but it has, and even the scene that goes around it that he spoke of. He tried to draw a picture of it the best that he could. Let me tell you something, folks. He made it very clear that it was a copper ball. Well, the image that Jim sent me before the prayer vigil, beyond any shadow of a doubt, I would testify it in front of a federal court. It's a copper colored, spherical craft of some type. It is definitely not a planet. When you see an orbiting planet around a failed star solar system, usually, not always, depending on the position of everything, and everything's in constant motion, and not everything is aligned to the ecliptic plane, yeah, all of our planets, they orbit around the sun on a flat ecliptic plane, sort of like they're lined up on a 33.5 LP. They're all on that. That's called the ecliptic plane. It's, that's where they orbit. But objects that are not from this solar system can approach from beneath the ecliptic plane, from above the ecliptic plane. And what that means is you can only see it when you're on the poles, when you're up in northern Alaska or Antarctica or whatever the case is, because it's coming from, it's not on or aligned with the ecliptic plane. But people don't understand these things. These are fundamental. So they say things like, well, if Nimrod was out there, why can't I see it? <laughs> That's like saying, why can't you see a quark? But people don't even know what a quark is. So... um this is very, very exciting. I've done entire radio shows with prophecies and visions of, from multiple people who had don't even know each other that lived in different decades. Where Sori Park, Pastor Sori Park, was taken to Jesus and, and, he, and Jesus told him, that after the rapture occurs, now Jesus did not. Jesus will not tell you mysteries. You have to ask. And if you don't know any better, he will, he will go de facto on you. And he will just say, the rapture. He's not going to sit there and go, well, there's actually three raptures and there's barley harvesting. He's not going to go into all that detail. You've got to know it in advance, and then you've got to confirm it through him. But he told Pastor Sori Park that NASA would come on the television and tell everybody across the world that the aliens took the people. Well, David Doetry saw this copper ball, this large thing that Brother Jim just sent me the photograph of. We've been watching for it for years, those of us who know, which is such a tiny amount that the word remnant doesn't do it adjust, doesn't do it justice. I, I I doubt that there are probably more than three hundred people on the earth, maybe, that know what I'm talking about right now. 
No, there might be more, but I think that they probably forgot it. They're too busy worrying about CBDCs and Klaus Schwab and their bank account getting locked up and social credit scores and all that. I don't care about that stuff. I know that the Lord will provide. All I need is a can of tuna. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, um, you know, you might say to yourself, oh, my gosh, a water fast for three days, four days, five days. Oh, my goodness. Folks, your your digestive system shuts down. You're not hungry anymore. The first couple of days, you got a lot of stomach rumbling and all that kind of stuff. You got to fight your way past it, drink a lot of water. And then, you know, to cover for it, and then you just keep on going, and you'll hit a point where you, you just, you're not hungry. Everybody thinks that fasting is like torment. Oh, by the time I'm at the fifth day, I'm just going to be, oh my gosh, I'll eat the pain off the walls. No, it's not like that. Your body stops being hungry. All the hungry goes away. It all goes away. And then your body heals from deadly diseases. Imagine if you're in a constant state of fasting. Oh, but you're eating fats. No, your body thinks it's in a fast. That's why your ketone levels are high and why your body is burning ketones. It thinks it's in a fast. And when it thinks it's in a fast, it is in a fast. And all the benefits of a fast are your benefits. And now... You have the oars, and you're rowing away from the rocks. So that's my testimony, and especially the copper ball. I do hope to have that maybe sometime tomorrow up on the web. I'll probably leave both pictures so people can see the the difference, because it's dramatic. It's really dramatic. And folks, think about all the things that are happening around us. Think about um, all the 2024 predictions, all the 2025 predictions. Tom Horn's most recent book was uh, Zeitgeist 2025. Zeitgeist, by the way, means monumental event. I had a Zeitgeist, essentially. Okay. Zeitgeist 2025. Why did he write that? Is that a coincidence? I know he's taken a stab at it a couple of times, but I got 2025. Come on. Look at what's going on around us right now. When is the barley harvest going to happen? They're talking about UFOs in Congress right now like never before. Be the most amazing thing for that giant, spherical, Death Star-shaped copper ball spaceship, which, by the way, Pastor Augusto Perez saw in a vision from the Lord. When he was on the program, we talked about it, and he said, oh, my gosh, will you say that again? And he goes, Brother John, will you say that again? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I saw that. The Lord gave me a vision of it. And he said there were many different kinds of aliens flying around that thing. And I said, oh, yeah? And now Brother Jim just sent me a picture from the FAA camera. And now we can see clear as a bell. Where did that phrase come from, clear as a bell? What's clear about a bell? Clear as a bell. Oh, it's talking about the sound. You know how the uh, a church bell can ring and you can hear it, you know, on a on a on, you know, like 
20 miles away. Clear as a bell. That's what it's talking about. And sure enough, you can see it. It's copper. It looks like it has rivets and it looks like it has a seam. Just like David Doetry said. Not once, but twice. Actually, three times. In his, writ, in his original writing of the vision that God gave him in 1998 or 96. I forget which one. And, um, and two times on this radio show. As far as I know, he wasn't invited to any other radio show. Just here. Because none of the other ones believe in aliens. They're all demons, you see. <laughs> right? Now, you see, the thing is, a fallen angel, a fallen angelic being, even though it's fallen, you've got to go to Jude. It's all in the Bible, but you've got to know what you're looking for. It says, twice dead, strange flesh. It doesn't say demon. Why don't we use our Bibles? Why don't we even read them? And then we come out and we say crazy, wacky things. You know, to a person who doesn't understand such things, just simply using the word demon, to them, it's synonymous with a fallen angelic being. They're both from the evil side. They're part of, part of the convoluted satanic side of, of all this. But it's not a demon by its definition. It's strange flesh, twice dead. What does twice dead mean? That's when... In the book of giants, I'm sorry, the book of Enoch, okay, it's talking about the giants. When a giant is killed, what happens to the giant's soul energy? What animated that being? What made it eat people? Which they did. That energy, the moment that that giant is killed, because it's twice dead, it's dead while it's alive, and it's dead when you kill it. And when you kill it twice dead, its soul energy goes in. You might say, well, they're soulless beings. Well, not exactly. The soul energy animates the body. They're spiritless beings. This is a better term. So just a better term. Just like it says when uh, uh, Apollos met up with them, with the, with the others, uh, in the book of Acts. <laughs> and it said he knew the uh, baptism of John. Go ahead and read it. read it. It's in there. He knew the baptism of John, but he did not understand other, you know, other ways and all that. And, and, uh, but he was really anointed, Apollos was. And they said nothing but wonderful things about his works. Um, but, so then I think it was Achaia and Priscilla, and they, they, uh, they got together with them, and, and the Bible actually says, I'm pretty sure I got the right verses, it says, let us show you a better way, a better way. And then they taught him the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Go read it. And if it doesn't use those exact words, it, it's essentially the same. You'll see. Praise God. So at least in the testimony, I got to add in the very, very exciting testimony. Well, it's actually, it's all really been important testimony. Because applied Christianity is understanding what you're never going to learn in church. And it's also bringing forward through actual facts what works and what doesn't work.
for the for the you know and and not everybody has the discipline that's required to do it. I understand that, and I'm not picking on you. Believe me, I'm not. Matter of fact, most people that I talk to don't think it can be done, but it can. It really, 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 really can. And yes, if you must, and you go to a Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, you can eat a little something. You probably won't feel like it, and you certainly won't be attracted to the praline pecan pumpkin cheesecake that was homemade, which I actually have an awesome recipe and made it several times myself. Like right now, I could make it. No problem, but I wouldn't eat any of it. It's just what happens to you when you go into autophagy, when your body makes the change, when you go into that continuous fasting state. Continuous fasting. And it can only be brought about by forcing your body to eat fats that heal. Olive oil. Things like that. That's all from God. You can't make the God food argument and not include that. And the whole autophagy thing, the whole fasting thing in a continuous fast? Are you kidding me? Praise God. That's awesome. But most people do not understand the biological dynamics that are actually occurring within your body. And yes, it heals pretty much everything. And I have photographs of the blood ketometer to prove it. Thank you. God bless you, Sister Angela, Brother Russ, for coaching me so that I could get on a super fast track a week before I do my telemed with my primary care physician. When I tell her that I'm running 91 blood blood glucose two hours after I eat in the afternoon, she won't believe me. And then I'll ask her where I can send the photographs to. And that's the fact, Jack. It's what we do. we got to row the boat. I don't care what it is. If you're having trouble quitting smoking, you better start rowing that boat now. If you're having trouble looking at the opposite sex and thinking about them, stop it. Now. Row the boat. Whatever it is you got going on, if you're holding any resentment from anything anybody's ever done to you or somebody that you know in your heart, Resentment, upsetness, get rid of it. You are a being of light. You are the image of Jesus Christ. You are not from here and you are not staying here. And God, the way he looks at it is if you don't forgive them, then why should he forgive you? Because if you don't forgive them, then you're not going to pray for them. And they're going to end up going to hell because you decided that they're going to go to hell because you're mad at them. And God doesn't really care what happened in the flesh. He don't like it. But he's worried about eternity. And we have to row that boat. So examine your heart. Think very, very hard. Get up early in the morning. Close your eyes in the dark. And think just... Think so hard. Is there anything, anybody, someone has done to me, even when I was a child, that I that I that bothers me? If it comes to your mind, 
you've got a problem. A lot of people will say, oh, I forgave them, and then they'll start talking about them again. No, you didn't forgive them. Because when you really forgive, you love. You love as a minor God, which is what we are. Have I not said ye are gods? John 10, 34. That's what Jesus said. Jesus was talking to human beings. Have I not said ye are gods? Little g gods. Have I not said ye are gods? Read it. John 10, 34. And the only other place that that is spoken of in the same way is in Psalm 82. That's why I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how many degrees you have in Hebrew scholarship or whatever the case is. It is a fact, but you've got to spiritually discern it and, it and just look it up. It's right there in your face. It tells you everything. It's right there. Jesus said so, but nobody wants to understand it. Oh, it's just, oh, I, I'm just not comfortable with that subject. Well, you ought to get comfortable with it because God is amazing. The universe is amazing. The makeup of the universe, heaven is amazing. Ruling and reigning with Jesus is amazing. All of this stuff is amazing. It's motivational. I remember when I first started to learn about that we weren't the only pebbles on the beach. I loved it that we were the only ones in the universe that mattered to God, that there was nothing else out there because that's a form of pride is what that is. But we don't recognize it as such. We just think that we're so doggone blessed by God that there can't be another being out there in all of the universes in the trillions of galaxies because we're it. Well, guess what? Hello, pride. Get rid of it. it. Took me a little while. I was a little stunned. I admit it. But as the Lord showed me more and more, it became more and more exciting, more and more awesome. Ruling and reigning for all of eternity. What does that mean? Come on. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It just takes a little bit of thinking, a little bit of consideration. It's not about hanging out on planet heaven. Yes, it's a planet. Why wouldn't God want to dwell in that which... Look, if he dwelled in Solomon's temple, for crying out loud, why wouldn't he want to dwell in, within his own creation, which is gorgeous? Look at the artwork in the in in in, in the uh, look at the space Spitzer Space Telescope. Look at the Hubble. Look at look at the look at Stereo A and Stereo B. Get your arms around this awesomeness, and then imagine being invited with He who created it, Jesus. And if you're a fan of reading the Apocrypha and 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 some of the books that are, I believe, are absolutely anointed by the Holy Spirit. In many cases, there's a few of them that are. Highly questionable, but your spirit will tell you. And you just use your, your plumb line to measure the, the validity of what's being said as you're reading it. Now, you've got you to grow up a little bit. You've got to get out of the church. If you're stuck in the church, you're not going to learn any of this. You're not. And the first person you ask is, gonna, like I said, they're going to try, oh, yeah, they'll placate you. Oh, sure, brother, yeah, hey, that's very nice. And they'll either, like, stare at you like you have four eyes. <laughs> I've been there. Okay, or they'll follow you around so they can like lay hands on you when you're not paying attention. They'll like pat you on the back and like they'll be thinking to themselves, in the name of Jesus, cast out these demons. <laughs> when in fact they're the ones with the demons. Oh well, anyway, it is what it is, and we just have to love. It's all about love. Everything has to be about love. It's amazing in this state of continuous fasting that I'm in right now, how I can feel 
my sensitivities are greatly magnified. But they're not negative sensitivities. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to explain. They're positive sensitivities. Still fear God. Still fear hellfire like crazy. I don't... I. I I, I recognize that I I hope with all of my heart that I am going to make it, but I don't know for sure that I am. You know, I have no presumptuous, and I can assure you of that. I'm definitely the tax collector and not the Pharisee, for sure. But I hope. I believe. And I want to row that boat. And I hope that you do, too. I really, really do hope that you want to row that boat. Because if what Brother Jim sent me tonight is that David Doetry spherical spaceship, then all it's going to do, all we, all that has to happen is that thing just needs to make a sharp, hard, uh, well, let's see if I can remember my Navy terms. It would come in really handy for navigating a spaceship. Except ships don't go up and down, so that wouldn't work too well. You got hard port and all that kind of stuff, which is to the left, starboard's to the right. But how would you go up and down? I don't know. I think God, our Father, I know is a fact that our Father says the north and the south and the east and the west. And, you know, that's how he refers to, he'll say, like, the armies from the north. <laughs> but he's not talking about Russia. That's the problem, you know. And I don't fault any of the you know, any of our uh, church leaders and people that I love with all of my heart and grew up with, you know, when I was a kid, I don't fault them for not knowing. I don't fault Jack Van Impe for thinking the locusts were helicopters. That's totally fine with me. God bless him. He 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 retracted. <laughs> he was awesome. Jack Van Impe was awesome. One of the things that Jack Van Impe would do all the time that very, very few others would do is he would retract what he thought. He would say, well, I used to think this, but now I think this. Or I used to think that, but now I think this. And you know what? That that's awesome. And then I I boy do I have a big list. <laughs> I used to think that, but now I think this. <laughs> I used to think I could guess when the rapture is going to happen, but now I think <laughs> I can't. Only the angels in heaven. You know, I, I, I rapture calculators are for the birds. Okay. Now, I'll, you know, that's why I'm trying very hard with Sister Nancy not to bring guests on that are going to try to do that because it's it's fruitless. It's absolutely it's not going to happen. God will be God, and God will do what God has to do. And praise Jesus, because of this continuous fasting state that I'm in right now, with this surge of positive energy, all the while I still fear God. I can, it's like my sensitivities are on fire, in a good way. I look at the next 10 years, heaven forbid we have to wait that long. I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Because the angels in heaven don't know. And only the Father knows. Like the Bible says. Then, um, sorry, but you can study all of the Hebrew feasts and, you know, Leviticus, Leviticus 23 and, and generations that you assume are going to be 80 years and the establishment of Israel and all that other stuff until you're blue in the face, but it ain't going to mean a hill of diddly. And that's proven by one verse in the Bible. 1 Peter 2.9 You are a chosen generation. Wait a minute. Well, if it's only the 80 people at the point that that was written, 
<coughs> sorry, 80 years from the point that that is written, then none of us are the chosen generation, because that was at least penned through the Holy Spirit around 300 A.D., give or take. And if that be true, or at least close, then that 80 years is gone. So none of us are part of the chosen generation. So the term generation is not 80 years, which people try to use to calculate things. That's some really bad math. I understand it. I understand why they do it. But the Bible indicates strongly that it's not feasible. But what is feasible is to do what Brother Dan prophesied of God's Healer 7 a few years ago, which I have the actual audio on here on the radio show. I'm going to look for it, too. Play it for you. Hold on a second. Okay, I got three hits. That's not it. Okay, and here's the other two hits. Okay. Praise God. All right, praise God. Listen to this. This is very old, too. This goes back probably, I don't know, give or take maybe as much as 10 years, maybe eight. I think 10, but maybe eight. I'm going to play this prophecy for you. It's, it's about a minute and six seconds. It's not that long, but it has a mystery in it. God admonishes us through this prophecy. You know, while I really, really appreciate Sister Barbara's work for the Lord, very, very much so, I have, I know that Brother Dan, beyond any shadow of a doubt, when he prophesied, it was, I mean, spot on every single time. Let's listen to this. The journey continues as destiny approaches. Time is measured not in hours, but in events. Let the humble man proclaim my glory, for I am the everlasting light. Remove turmoil, and what remains is peace. Remove sorrow, and there remains joy. Remove doubt, and there remains hope. Remove darkness, and there remains light. Those that seek me shall find me. Let obedience and perseverance perseverance be rewarded, be rewarded, for time shall tally all deeds. What was left fallow shall now be planted, for time is of the essence. Take hold of your lamp and be prepared for your maker, for what appeared in the distance is suddenly upon you. What appears in the distance is suddenly upon you. God is being really, really good to us right now. Very, very few percentage-wise compared to Wednesdays and Sundays. Now, don't get me wrong. This is, these are percentages. But as a general rule, if you're listening to this program, even though maybe you were wishing we were playing the same songs, doing the normal routine that we've done more often than not. At the end of the day, there was much to be gleaned in a godly way from what I shared tonight and much excitement for us to embrace, to 
to foster and promote not only faith but also hope. Remember when Paul said, when Paul was talking to the Church of Corinth in the first letter, he was saying, he, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm totally paraphrasing, but he said, because I don't prepare for these shows at all. It all just flows. From where? I don't know. Some of it's from me. Some of it may be from the Lord. I don't know. I'm not taking credit for anything. Just saying. I don't, I don't write down notes. I don't need notes. <clears throat> I know the scriptures in my heart well enough to be able to get close enough that the point is made. But Paul had said to the Church of Corinth, he had said something along the lines of, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, I think he might have used the word judge or whatever, <coughs> but he meant it and he didn't mean it in a judgmental way, if you know what I mean. But he was basically saying that, you know, you don't want to judge the the godliness of an individual by fancy words. Because lots of people can grab a microphone and say, praise God, thank you, Jesus, and jump around and wave their hands and jump around and wave their hands and blah, 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 blah. Paul said, don't pay attention to that noise. There's plenty of people that can do that. Don't mean they're godly. Paul said, follow the power. Follow the miracles. Follow the prophecies. He didn't say it specifically like that, but he said follow the power. But prophecies, dreams, and visions are power. They're power from God. Providing that they're not being deceived by the devil, which can happen. <laughs> Heaven for, just look around you. Um, go on Instagram <laughs> you know, if you want. But anyway, um, I don't recommend it. But I am, I'm just saying that you know, it's pretty – these things are made self-evident – that not all prophecies were created equal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I hope and I pray, dear Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will just touch whoever needed to hear whatever piece of this unintendedly long testimony, which I never expect to do but I always end up doing, Whatever piece that they needed to hear, whether it was the encouragement of the clear, copper, mechanical nature of David Dotry's spaceship being very, very close to Earth, extremely close, like almost in the atmosphere, just needs to make a slight right turn, and we have a fulfillment of that vision. But it could hang out there for a while. But, Father, we thank you. Father, I ask you, please, that we would all feel so led to pray for one another and understand that whenever someone asks us to pray that we're standing on holy ground and that it's a privilege. Never say, I'll pray for you and don't do it because that's a lie and you're lying to God and the Holy Spirit. Not the, that's not a good idea. Stop, drop, and pray. You don't have to disrupt a meeting at work. If we all just do what we got to do, row that boat, row the boat, stop making up notions in your head 
when you don't understand. You think you understand, but chances are you don't. Because if I can say that I didn't, then I think there's a pretty good chance that maybe, and there's a lot of things that I learned from Sister Angela, from Brother Russ in just the last couple of weeks that were critical for me to gain faster than light speed. To turn it around 100% in three weeks. To be in a full, continuous fasting state. Levels of energy that are and, and being able to look at, you know, the very idea that I might have to be on this earth. What if the Lord lets Trump go into the office? He doesn't even take the office. Now, he might not, and there might not be a 2024 election. We don't know. But let's pretend for a second. What if God's mercy, because he would not want to perish, is such that he's already got us, and he already knows where we're going. Now he's got to go after the others. And he's going to use the darkness rising to scare them to Jesus. And there's a lot of thick-headed people out there, folks. I mean, we, surely you know that by now. Look at all the people that are like still wearing masks inside of cars with safety belts on and the windows rolled up. We're not dealing with, you know, and that's okay. doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. And there's an awful lot of them out there sitting in crowded doctor's offices, scared to die. I was even talking to a, one of the, my coworkers at work. And he was taken back when I said, oh, you know, he was talking about, man, I just wish with all the weird things going on in the world that there was some kind of an afterlife because he didn't believe. And I said, oh. I believe there is. I'm a Christian. He's like, he looked so disappointed. He was like, oh, no. And I said, well, think about it. Man cannot conceive of existence without a point of origin. That caught his attention. Because the truth of the matter was that he wanted to believe. He believed in ancient aliens. But also, sadly, he liked Obama. And this guy's not dumb. He's actually extremely intellectually gifted, very smart. That just goes to show you the depth of the confusion that's out there. It goes a lot deeper than we think. But let's pretend that the 57% lead that Trump has right now, even amidst all of the things that he's gone through, whether you like him or not, 57%. Right or wrong, making an idol of him, worshiping more than Je- than you do Jesus because you're afraid to have to go through any difficulties. Whatever the case is, doesn't matter. 57%. And he hasn't even been in a debate. It's game over. And the forces of darkness, the Antichrist, and all of the minions of darkness of the World Economic Forum know it. And they've come a long way. Directed energy weapons burning parts of the world where they want to build 15-minute cities, and people don't even understand that the, the permits and everything have already been pulled. <laughs> they don't even see it happening in their own backyard. They don't understand what a directed energy weapon is. They're too busy doing their jobs 
If you don't see it, we're blessed to see it. We're blessed to see it. We're really blessed. Now the question is, can you renew your mind? And what are you going to do to do that? Energy are you going to use to row that boat? It's going to be yours. Just like I read all the time from the Passion Translation from Brian Simmons, The Song of Songs, 213b through 215. And when you read it in the New King James or the Amplified or whatever the case is, or even the King James, you can see how spiritually Brian Simmons' Passion Translation version is actually saying the same thing, but much more poetically and beautifully. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. Now what do you see in this first, this first sentence? Jesus says to his love, Arise. He doesn't say, I'm going to come and wake you. He says to his love, Arise. Do we obey? Or do we stay sleeping? Verse 14, For you are my dove, hidden in a split open rock. So he explains how precious you are to him. And then he tells you, It was I, this is where you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. John fifteen sixteen. This is where that comes in. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. But what if you don't arise? What if you stay asleep? Does it matter that he hid you up in the secret stairway of the sky? What if you don't do what he asks you to do in the rest of this? What happens? says, let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. He's helping you to know how precious you are to him. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. Look at there. Worship, prayer. What, I've, what, I've, what have I been sharing on the prayer vigil and other radio shows for 12, well, not 12 years, but since the Lord showed me these things. Worship, and prayer are bar none the single most important thing that any of us can do. Above all, if we love our Father more than, you know, with all of our heart, mind, and soul, why wouldn't you worship? Why wouldn't you want to talk to Him? And if you're talking to Him, it's a form of prayer. If you're crying out to Him, it's a form of supplication. Then he says this mysterious thing right out of the Passion Translation. But go ahead and look at the other translations if you want. They're close enough. Verse 15. You must catch. Okay, now let's listen. Let's listen. You must catch the troubling foxes. Now notice the word must. What are troubling foxes? Those are sins. Those are resentments that you have because somebody treated you bad and you're still carrying it with you because if you remember it, you haven't forgiven it. The people that have done me wrong, 
which are a lot, and some of them tried to destroy my career. And boy, I've had some close calls over that, but just like it says in the Bible, you would be brought before magistrates, but do not worry what you are going to say, because I will put the words in. And it was, it's exactly what happened to me when I was about to be fired over tribulation now. And nothing happened. And I didn't lie. Never lie. Not even white lies, ever. Not even to save your job, never. Verse 15, Jesus says to us, he says, you must. He doesn't say you should catch the troubling foxes. He doesn't say should. He doesn't say you ought to. (laughs) Okay? You must catch the troubling foxes. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. That prevent you from growing, falling in love with Jesus and making him your first love. You must get rid of those sins. You must row the boat. You must row the boat. Don't you dare sit here on this earth. That copper spaceship shows up, and then you discover after, uh, you know, you're sitting here on earth, and next thing you know on TV, NASA comes on and says, the aliens took the people, and you go like, oh, my gosh, I'm still here on earth. Oh, my gosh. Don't you dare get mad at God. Don't do it. Cry all you want. Have all the godly sorrow you want. But as the scripture says, when a man's folly brings his ways to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Don't do it. You can slip into a puddle of regret and tears and seek the Lord and beseech him for the supernatural power, the infusion of his strength. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I have an actual coin here on my desk. I'm looking at that. It's one of my favorite verses. I also have a big... uh... (laughs) My whole house is just... Every wall has Jesus on it. (laughs) Yeah. I like it that way. I would miss that if I had to leave it. I would. I like to look to the left and look to the right. Look over there and there's a painting of the, you know, the Passover dinner and look over there and a big picture of Jesus. And I, I, yeah, I like that. But you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes. And they are sly because some of them are from us and some of them are from the devil and the demons. But uh, more of them come from our flesh. And when we're in that state, we are very vulnerable. Drive down the street. Any town in Babylon the Great probably has five, six, seven, maybe more churches in it. Pick one. Go ahead. Pick one. You won't stay long. You must catch those troubling foxes. You must row that boat. Because they hinder your relationship with your first love. 
He asks you, will you catch them and remove them for me? But then he says, we'll do it together, which you will. But not if you don't row that boat. Put those oars in your hands. Take responsibility. Be a disciple. And do what you got to do. Because you don't want to be that sobbing bag of tears and sweat that you will be. If that giant copper spaceship shows up in the sky and then NASA comes on and says, the aliens took them. Because if you see that broadcast on the TV, you are going to be part of the wheat harvest. Doesn't mean that you're cut off in any way, but millions and millions of Christians are going to die. And they're going to miss out on what otherwise could have been fantastic rewards. And the few that are running for their lives because they leave their houses, because they don't want to be forced inoculated. They're preparing to do, by the way, forced inoculations right now in Australia. They're passing laws. This stuff is all going down right now, folks. It's all going down right now. There's not any more time to dork around. Row the boat. Want to be here when the CBDC is going to effect. And they might go into effect before we leave. That's okay. Whatever. They can have my money. I don't care. God will take care of me. I'm fine with it. I don't like it. I'm not taking a poison shot. And I'm prepared to do what I got to do. But you know what? In this constant, continuous state of fasting and healing fats, it doesn't bother me. You might say, no way. It has to bother you. No, it doesn't. I actually have clear, I have, I feel very clear-headed, extremely, um, my cognitive abilities right now are at a peak. My spiritual sensitivities are at a peak. My love is at a peak. My humility is at an absolute peak. I actually have joy in the midst of all of the abominable darkness that's around us. And I know that if I have to deal with a handful of more years... Which could happen. Let's think about it. If Trump does, if God does allow Trump to take the office, which of course would be a real slap in the face to the devil, and God's known for that. Just go study the priest of Ball story with Elijah. He likes to humiliate the enemy, but he waits for just the right time. That doesn't mean that Trump's not going to be taken out to teach the evangelical. idolatrous church that they need to trust Jesus and not a man. But if he did, he wouldn't even get into the office until, you know, 
theoretically January 6th of 2025. Zeitgeist 2025. Tom Horn. Eh, sure it's just a coincidence. Zeitgeist 2025. Hmm. Because you know what? If he does make it into the office, you cannot imagine how fuming, furious, fury, consider the the uh, impact of the word fury, how furious. See, because you got to understand that while Satan probably understands all of these, you know, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, uh, while he probably clearly understands all of these dynamics and why they're happening, I have no doubt. And there can't be any calculation associated with when the bride is leaving. There can't be, because it would be intel that Satan would have. That's why only the angels and not even the angels in heaven know. Only the Father. Because Satan can't know. So what if Trump is JFK'd and Lincoln and MLK'd? Hmm? What if he is? That's going to be sometime during 2025. Suddenly, it doesn't seem all that far away. But at least I know. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Because you know what? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our Father. Yes, it was me. Here's the funny thing about it. If I hadn't made the less than godly choices that I am, you know, getting depressed, allowing yourself to stay depressed, oh, I should have worshipped my way out of it. Yeah? Well, maybe such has been your life. Maybe you're not doing enough damage to the devil. Maybe you think you are, but maybe you're not. Because the more you take that broom handle and stick it up into that wasp's nest, the more you're going to get stung. Think it not strange, those fiery trials that are to try you as if something strange has happened to you, but rejoice. Sure sounds to me like we should all be going through fiery trials. And if you're not, I would 1 Corinthians 11.28 yourself, examine yourself, judge yourself, pray, seek the Lord, ask him to burn down your house if that's what's required. Cry out to him like I did. I needed my leg to swell. I needed to go into that emergency uh, you know, center after a Dahlia went by. I needed to be afraid of suffering like my mother did. I needed the fear. See, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of extended years of horrific pain. And 
I know you relate to what I'm saying. And if that spaceship comes and you hear that broadcast on TV, the aliens took them, I assure you that the pain that you feel in your heart will be far greater than what I just went through. If you're going to go through it now, beg God, beseech God in tears to please, with all of your might, help you. But then start rowing the boat. Because after all, Song of Songs 2 verse 15 says, you must catch the troubling foxes. You must. Abraham must take Isaac and lay him down on the altar. Abraham had to do it. God had to make Abraham. He had to prove. God had to see it. It was required. Scripture says that we will make it into heaven by going through much tribulation, much difficulties, and so many people. They might squeak in by the chin, the you know, the skin of their chinny chin chin. I know that a lot will because I've heard testimonies of people standing in front of Jesus at the bema seat, and not everybody gets let in. Oh, but I believed in you, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not cast out you know devils in your name? Be gone from me, you doers of lawlessness, you sinners, you. I haven't known you. You didn't love me. You didn't catch those troubling little foxes like I asked you to. You didn't row the boat. You didn't row the boat. Does it mean going straight to hell? No, it doesn't. But look at what's out there. Look at the universe. Imagine what it's like for all of eternity to be in the ecstasy of the presence of the Godhead and to be part of it as a being of light, a minor God working on behalf of the heavenly office of God, the chosen of Jesus, his very hand-picked bride. so easy to lose sight of that as we chew our nails over CBDCs, FEMA camps, and forced inoculations. Even though the Bible tells us we can ingest anything deadly and it will by no means hurt us. Oh, but if you don't have faith, oops, might not go the way you think. We have to believe. It's not optional. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If anybody can tell me how many scriptures I've even par- I've paraphrased or used all from memory tonight, I will send you a trip to Puerto Rico. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
No, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, leaving you hopefully with a smile on your face because I think we all know that there's stuff that we need to work on, and I think by now we surely should know that there's far greater rewards for those of us who row the boat, who catch those troubling foxes, who do what Jesus asked us to do. And that's why it's paramount that your heart breaks when you seek God to make sure that you don't miss. And on that note, let's go ahead and take Holy Communion. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we go. Doing this from memory. On the day in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. When he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Lododi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing.